2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. My apologies in advance, I'm late today. I'm actually recording on Friday morning as opposed to Thursday. Yesterday was just a lot. I'm dealing with another housing issue with this dog across the hall. It's like the dog is barking 2am 3am 4am 6am and it's like impossible to get a decent night's sleep so I'm just exhausted all the time I haven't been able to sleep more than two or three hours at a time for the last couple days so yeah trying to resolve that with the uh the leasing office is proving a bit more of a challenge than I had hoped so yeah in better news The other night, I drank a third glass of wine. You know I can only have two at a time. But I had a third the other night, and I was sitting at my laptop. And I was like, you know what? You don't treat yourself enough. Like, you talked about going on this vacation months ago. I was talking about needing a vacation and just to, like, lay on a beach and do nothing. So I was, you know, tipsy. And I booked, like, this whole odyssey of trips. I'm going to bop around a bunch of cities, at least one island, But I put together like this whole month long itinerary. I plotted everything out and I booked it the same night and I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and was like, oh, shit, what have you done? Not because of the deciding to go on vacation, but I was like, like, I just booked like, you know, flights, trains, buses, hotels. There's no way I perfectly coordinated this while tipsy. Details and tipsy don't really go together. I've gone back and checked. I've checked like four times because I'm like, I'm sure I must have missed something. And the only thing I can find is I sent one of my flight confirmations to the wrong email address. But I screenshot all of my purchases when I get the confirmation number. So I was easily able to find it and correct it. But otherwise, I think I'm good. My trip starts in Miami and it's supposed to quote unquote end, at least coming back to the West Coast in Vegas. And I'm coming back for the Usher concert. I still don't have tickets. Still trying to figure that out. But that is the grand plan. But I was like, this is nuts. But it's needed. It's definitely needed. If for nothing else, to get out of this house and be able to get away from this loud ass dog. And good news this week, Amazon just released the Mary J. Blige documentary. It came out this morning at midnight. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I did see some folks who logged on promptly at midnight. They're watching away. And it's getting amazing Reviews, which I expected, like you know Mary's lived some life, and she's always been very candid about the highs of her life, but also the lows, so I expected that if she did a documentary, she would be very transparent, and apparently she is um, from what I read, she talks about her depression, really it seems like everyone's had a battle with depression. If you've been one of the few to escape it, I have not, but if you've never dealt with it or it's, or it's not an ongoing issue for you, God bless. God bless. You don't know what a blessing that is. A Different World Reunion that also just came out. I missed it. It was on E! last night. I'll definitely catch a re-air of it or or go stream it. But I heard that was really, really good too. That was one of the docs that I was anticipating. I'll check that out as well. But that's your weekend watching if you also haven't caught those. This week's lineup is kind of nuts. The world is topsy-turvy right now. The world did get one thing right. Rudy Giuliani the disgraced former mayor of New York City, the New York court suspended his law license. Apparently, the New York Bar Association wanted Giuliani suspended, and a New York judge agreed. In a court ruling for the New York Bar Association, the judge wrote that they had, quote, sustained its burden of proving that respondent made knowing false and misleading factual statements to support his claim that the presidential election was stolen from his client. There is uncontroverted evidence that responded communicated demonstrably false and misleading statements to courts, lawmakers, and the public at large in his capacity as lawyer to former President Donald J. Trump and the Trump campaign in connection with Trump's failed effort at reelection in 2020. To which I say, all well, all well. Isn't he still being personally sued from at least one manufacturer of voting machines over his comments that there was tampering with the election? I believe that's accurate. We talked about that on here before. So finally, he's getting a bit of comeuppance, which he should have known was going to happen. Like everyone who gets tied up with Trump always ends up in some bullshit, if not jail, lawsuits, losing their jobs. Now the man's lost his law license. This man went from being the celebrated mayor outside of New York. That's important to note. But he was celebrated as like the 9-11 mayor. There was talk of a presidential run because he was so popular. And now SIR is reduced to giving press conferences in alleyways, massive sweating and hair dye running down his face at press conferences, national ridicule in major publications, And now he's lost his law license. He did it to himself. And uh, in other news, America's infrastructure seems to be falling apart. There was a collapsed pedestrian bridge in D.C. on 295. And I saw a video of it actually happening. And I wanted to ask, sir, why were you filming while you were driving? You didn't know the pedestrian bridge was going to collapse. But, you know, there's always one. And in this case, thank you for the footage. Be safe though. But I saw the footage floating around online and you know it's near and dear to me because that's home. I live in the suburbs, but when I need to get to the city, taking 50 to 295 to get to DC, like that's my route when I go down to the wharf. I've passed under that bridge more than a thousand times going back and forth to the cities. So seeing that, like that hit home, like, oh shit. It seems that a Mack truck leaving a concrete plant forgot to lower the truck subframe. And so they went under the bridge. And you know how you go under one of those bridges and it shows like, you know, there's a height restriction like if you're over XYZ, this ain't going to work. Well, the truck tried to go under and it collapsed the whole damn bridge. Amazingly, no one died. I did read there was a chain of car accidents during or just after the collapse. A few people were treated or taken to the hospital, but they don't expect any casualties. So a small joy and victory there. But I was just like, oh my God. It's one thing to see things like this happen in places you've never been, but when it's like home, it hits home. And now I'm trying to think like, how are they gonna get this bridge back up? They'll figure it out, I suppose, but but I'm glad that everyone was safe. Unfortunately, that was not the case for a building in Miami that just collapsed. They have no idea at this time what happened, why the building collapsed. A residential building. And as of right now, there are 99 people who are unaccounted for, people who are just, you know, in their building, like, you know, you or I might be, who are just minding their business, just living. And out of nowhere, like, the building just collapsed. There's one death so far. 35 people were pulled from the rubble. As someone who lives in a building, I'm like, wait, could this thing just fall at any time? That's... Not something on my bingo card. It's not something I ever think about. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm just like, Jesus, those poor people. Today's episode is
0: brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home. And then there's a version of it where you have someone help you. You watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully...
2: Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project. We've been following her ongoing battle with the Board of Trustees. My friends who went to UNC always checked me on that. They are like, it's not University of North Carolina. It's the Board of Trustees for UNC who are causing all this trouble. But we talked about how she was denied tenure, but she was also scheduled to start working on July 1st. She has since reversed course. Her legal team, team, not just one, there's a small army. Working on her behalf, they released a statement recently and they said that since signing the fixed term contract, because I told you like she was going to take the job even without the tenure. The lawyers say that Miss Hannah Jones has come to learn that political interference and influence from a powerful donor contributed to the board of trustees failure to consider her tenure application. In light of this information, she cannot trust that the university would consider her tenure application in good faith during the period of the fixed-term contract. Such good-faith consideration for tenure was understood to be an essential element of the fixed-term contract when Miss Hannah Jones agreed to enter into it. The letter also states that this move is discrimination that can lead to a federal lawsuit, which it should. I mean, personally, I'd be like, fuck these people, I don't want to work for y'all at all just because of all this bullshit y'all putting me through, but on the GP of it all. Which, you know, once you invoke GP, everything is justified. On the GP of it all, I'm glad that she's fighting. If nothing else, just to make it easier for the folks that come after her, I appreciate what she's doing here. Because honestly, she's Nicole Hannah-Jones. I'm sure other universities are like, hey, they don't want you. We want you. Come here. Come come to us. We'll give you tenure. We're happy to have you. We'll treat you well. Come. But she's decided to fight the good fight With the Board of Trustees of UNC. I respect her very much for that. Somebody gotta do it. I'm the type to say fuck it, but I appreciate that she's not. In the wake of this controversy, this ongoing controversy, UNC has lost several high profile black candidates. We talked about the chemist, the doctor chemist, the black woman at my alma mater, University of Maryland, who UNC had been trying to recruit for years. And she turned down the job and she was like, yeah, I see how y'all move. I don't want to subject myself to that. I'm good where I am. Thanks. I read a tweet later from Hannah Jones who said she'd never met that professor who stood for her. Never met her. I was like, look, that's that's some sisterhood in action. Maybe we did talk about that. Because I remember just being so very moved by that. Like, you're not friends. You don't know her. You have no personal connection to her. But you stood for her anyway. Because you kind of get, not even kind of, you do get. If they treat another black woman that way, they'll turn around and do the same to you. I I respected the good Dr. Chemist just a little bit more after that. But I hope this woman does get her tenure. I don't want to see her go into a long legal battle because it's just a pain in the ass for everyone. Just give this woman what you rightfully owe her and be done with it, people. Damn. make shit hard. Like many of you, I saw the viral video of... The young boy in Atlanta, I don't know how old he was, it couldn't be more than like 11 or 12, he was young, but his family, it seemed, was punishing him for being gay. And remember a few years ago, there was a rash of parents who were recording themselves, essentially abusing their children, either whooping them or shaving their heads or berating them, making them carry signs, cutting their hair crazy shit. I thought we'd move past that because of the, you know, general outcry about it. But there was a video circulating of this little black boy in Atlanta and his family had shaved his head in what we all refer to as the George Jefferson the receding hairline, so they carved out like the the front of his hair so he, you know, looked like an old man who was balding. We've seen that before. That's bad in this situation there was an extra step they carved gay into the child's head and in the video they were hitting him for his gay or effeminate behavior and that video went viral and like many people i was like oh my god this child has to be removed from the home he can't live like this the child's not gonna make it he's either gonna kill himself which sounds maybe to some like an overreaction but we've seen it before I brought up the incidences of those those viral videos of kids being abused because I remember writing this story for The Root about this parent who had cut his daughter's hair. I don't remember what she did but the father got mad and cut her hair and I want to say that young lady went and hung herself. The combination of the abuse and then putting it online for the world to see that's a lot for an adult to handle much less a kid. Like you're already being abused. And then like now the world can see it. And you know, there are definitely people who are compassionate, who are like, you know, this is wrong. This child needs to be protected. Like what the fuck? And then there are people who just laugh. I was deeply concerned for this child. I don't know if to call it good news, but the child has been removed from his home. I read on 11 Alive, pulling it up right now. Oh, the child was 12. It it says it here. But the Atlanta police announced an investigation and then they also confirmed that he was removed from the home the day after the video came out. And he was placed in the care of the Georgia Division of Family and Children's Services. So he's out of the home where he's being abused. But putting a kid in, in child welfare, we've heard nonstop stories of the mistreatment of kids who are, you know, in the system. And I don't know what this child is going to experience there. Like, I had hoped that there was another family member who was not abusive that maybe he could go to. So I'm, I'm praying for this kid. And not thoughts and prayers where it's, you know, you just send it out and then move on to the next thing. But like, I'm deeply concerned about this kid and other children who are in his circumstance. But I did see that a city council candidate, Devin Barrington Ward, he's running for office in District 9, where the young boy lives. And he said that he went over and he, he spoke to the family. And he is a black queer man. And he said, quote, I have experienced some of the same homophobia and some of the same abuse by the hands of people that I love as a child. So he went over to the family and he tried to intervene. This kid, his mom is a single mother of eight. And so Barrington Ward wanted to speak with her about the challenges of raising a young black queer child in poverty. Yikes. That poor kid, man. My heart breaks for him. That story really, really upset me. Really, really upset everyone. Because I think everyone has an experience being bullied. It's bad enough when it's at school or, or in your social circle. It's even worse when it's at home. So I wish for the best for this kid. Speaking of bullying, I think this qualifies. Shikari Richardson. Earlier this week, we talked about her. We talked about what a phenom she is. She just qualified in the Olympic trials to go to Tokyo. Her and a couple other people. She wasn't the only one, but she's the one that, that stands out. I liked her orange hair and her long lashes. I told you, you know, she gave me Flojo vibes. But right after I sent the, um, the episode in, and I think I recorded late last week too, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this, this status, this rant. And it had gone viral. When I saw it, it was like 33,000 shares. I think it's up to like, I don't know, mid-40s. Thousands of comments. And it was just an unnecessary drag. It started off with something like, Shikari isn't a modest woman. And I was like, why does she need to be? And then it went into this rant about, you know, Black women and their presentation and Black women who look masculine. The guy was complaining about her muscles. And I was like... Are we complaining about a track star, literally a track star, an Olympian, no less, being too muscular? Like she's an athlete. She ran 100 meters in 10.64 seconds. You can't do that without muscles. And I was like, we're complaining about the muscles of an athlete, which is very on track for, you know, crazy social media commentary. I mean, we've had conversations about Simone Biles' edges. And Gabby Douglas, her hair, because I want to say when she competed, she had, she had a little bun. She had a bunch of clips in her hair to keep her bun intact. And her edges were wild. And I was like, these women are literally athletes, one, but they're flipping and jumping and running, sweating, exercising. Your edges ain't going to stay laid doing all that. Nor should they be expected to be. Folks are crazy, but they are consistent with this shit. You know, in my favorite Lori Harvey voice, Why? Why? It makes no sense. It seems like every week there's a new attack on a black woman or black women and not just like, you know, a one off, like just major viral conversations about black women who are minding their business. Like before people were complaining about Shikari's hair and her lashes and her muscles, they were complaining about black women in bonnets, which, by the way, I have one on right now. I went outside earlier. I had it on then, too. I'm not taking my hair down and combing and styling it or anything to go to 7-Eleven. I've said this before. It's worth saying again. Just skip the long commentaries about like what black women are doing. You don't fundamentally like black women. Just don't date black women. Don't deal with black women. Or just go find the kind of black woman that is willing to meet your expectations and go praise her. Because that's more effective than like this constant harping on how black women choose to live or present. Like it's, it's just exhausting and it has real world consequences. You know, some of this stuff I I read just socially and other times, you know, people tag me into these conversations. So I see like a lot of the, um, the vitriol and like, it hurts. Like it really does make you feel like shit as a black woman. And I like to think that, you know, I have self confidence. I have, you know, decent self-esteem. It's probably not as high as it could be, but like it just hurts like constantly reading about how people think that you're shit just for like being black and being a woman, which I'm sure is the intent. It's effective. FYI. I've always thought that the intent of it all was to make black women more pliable or submissive or lower their self-esteem so they'll put up with more shit, essentially. But more and more I find in my conversations with other black women is that they're just opting out of dealing with black men, especially romantically, even professionally. If over and over again you get the impression that black men just don't like you, then you just don't want to be bothered. There's a certain type of woman who may adjust because she, she values having a black man. But there's also a lot of women that are just like, I'm not dealing with this shit. I'd rather just not deal with you at all. I'm not submitting. I'm not lowering my self-esteem. I'm not changing. I'm just not going to deal with you. That's why we started seeing these tweets and memes from women who are like, I'll swallow a car first. I'll walk over rusty nails. I'll be alone with cats forever. I'll drink all the water in the ocean and sweep up all the sand. Then deal with this shit. The guys have got to, if they want to actually deal with a black woman, this berating approach is backfiring. You're pushing women further away.
0: Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
2: In non-black woman news, she's been in the news a bit lately. She um there was a documentary from the New York Times earlier this year about her conservatorship. She's been in a conservatorship for about thirteen years, and the documentary focused on The Free Britney Brigade, there is a small group of people who have been protesting to free Britney. And in the documentary, they showed them gathered outside the courthouse. They were concerned about Britney's well-being and that she was being controlled. And, you know, I watched it and I was like, you know, y'all are doing a lot. Britney's never really said anything about her conservatorship. Like, y'all don't know if she's good, if she's bad. But I appreciate the fandom. It was like, you know, if something was happening to me, I would want a group of people, even small, to ride for me the same way. It's always good to feel like folks are in your corner. I haven't gone back and watched the documentary, which I should also say that documentary came out. It was about the conservatorship, but most of the articles written were about the part in the documentary that talk about Justin Timberlake. I guess that was more salacious than talking about the conservatorship, which we didn't know how Britney felt about it until recently spears had a court hearing and she read a statement to the judge for more than 20 minutes i'm reading from cnn right now she had a long litany of crazy complaints i don't think anyone outside of her circle or even the people who were protesting with the free britney signs we had no idea it was this bad so she told the judge that she'd been forced to perform She was given no privacy. She was forced to use birth control, take medication, and attend therapy sessions against her will. Among her very specific complaints, they had her on lithium for months at a time. She says she never has any say in her schedule. She said she's been forced to use an IUD. She said she's not allowed to even ride in the car with her boyfriend. She said she wants to marry him, which has been denied. She said she wants to have a baby, which because of the IUD she was forced to have. She can't. The conservatorship, her father, essentially, he's he's the one who's been running it mostly. Crazy shit. And she concluded, she said, quote, Basically, this conservatorship is doing me way more harm than good. I deserve to have a life. I feel ganged up on. I feel bullied. I feel left out and alone. I'm tired of feeling alone. I deserve to have the same rights as anybody. She also said that the conservatorship was abusive. I felt terrible for her. Britney Spears is going on 40. You remember very, very long ago, right after the birth of her children, I want to say Britney had like two kids either in the same year or the same 18 months, something like that. She, at the time we called it, went crazy. In retrospect, You know, she was in her mid-20s with two young kids. We didn't really discuss postpartum depression back then. We didn't discuss mental illness back then in the same way that we do now. There's more compassion, still not enough. Think, for instance, about the Naomi Osaka saga. But at the time, right after her children were born, she was going through something. Could have been the pressures of fame. She's been an entertainer since she was a kid. Child entertainers, there's a long history of them not doing so well in adulthood. And on top of the going through something, she was hounded by the paparazzi. So it's like she couldn't even like go through something in peace or with a degree of anonymity or support. The paparazzi were hounding her because pictures of her were generating hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. She was on the cover of all the tabloids. News shows talked about her. Um, and they made fun of her. It wasn't with empathy, but I remember when she shaved her head. I remember when she attacked the paparazzi with an umbrella out of context. you know, this seems like crazy behavior, but you know if you don't want hair, you don't want hair. I've shaved my head a million times. It meant nothing. Attacking the paparazzi with an umbrella sounds nuts until you realize this woman is hounded every time she leaves her house, which the paparazzi were sitting outside of as well. But she would be in her car, and they showed footage of this in the documentary. But she would be trying to drive somewhere with her kids in the car, no less. And there would be like at least 30 photographers surrounding her car. The whole thing, standing in front of it so she couldn't drive away. And there would be all these cameras flashing and microphones. like. But this is what she was dealing with every time she left the house. And I was like, shit, I'd go crazy too. But because of that behavior, and maybe some things behind the scenes, she was put under a conservatorship, which has lasted for 13 years. But conservatorships are usually for people who are, they're not able to make sound decisions or care for themselves. Like people who are older, like maybe the parents are dealing with dementia or Alzheimer's. But as Brittany pointed out at different points, like she's been expected to perform. Like if she's able to, you know, if she's able to practice and and get out on the stage and perform and where the conservatorship can keep making money off of her, then why is she not able to manage her life? As a 39-year-old woman, or hell, even a 29 or 21-year-old woman, you're entitled to make bad decisions that your parents don't agree with. The idea of forcing someone to, to have an IUD, not letting them ride in the car with their boyfriend, that shit you do to teenagers who live in your house, not grown women with two kids of her own. That's crazy. That's crazy. I feel really, really bad for her. I also realized that she's probably going to turn out okay cuz this is going to sound really bad. As Gammy said, what was a little white girl with a college admission scandal and she went on red table talk and and Gammy was like, "You I mean you're here, but like you're going to be okay. Like you're a white girl in America. Like somebody's going to come and protect you. You'll be saved. You'll be okay." I kind of have that approach, but I also just do feel bad for this woman. Like a grown-ass woman and your father's telling you what to do like you're in high school and controlling all of your money. Like you're out there working, performing, generating all this money that you can't access. I'd be damned. Britney said she's not performing anymore until she's out from under her dad in this conservatorship. So I wish her well. I genuinely wish her well. Because that story was nuts. I can't imagine. You hear the dog? I hate that fucking dog. John Boyega. Folks often refer to him as of Star Wars fame. To me, he's John Boyega of... Small Axe. He was in a really, really good film for that Small Axe anthology. And then also John Boyega, who got on a bullhorn in London and let folks have it about racism. And he said, I know speaking out is going to cost me opportunities. It's going to cost me jobs. But here I am doing it anyway. I also remember him being a huge advocate of black women. When I say he was on I'm calling it Regis and Kelly. Regis ain't been on that show in forever in a day. Is Regis alive? I guess it's Kelly and um, Ryan. But he went on, they asked him, he said, are you single? He said, yes. They said, well, what are you looking for? And he's like, a black woman? Okay. He's a very outspoken advocate of black women. And so now that John Boyega is dealing with some bullshit, I feel compelled to be an outspoken advocate of John Boyega. Did I mention how thick he was in that Small Axe film? Like, it was the only thing I could concentrate on. The film is like an hour and a half. It took me well into like the hour and 10 minute mark. To notice it was John Boyega. The film is set in the 80s. He has on a bad wig. But he, you know, still has John Boyega's whole face. Because, you know, he's John Boyega. But the whole movie, and it's about him. Every time he walked in a scene, I was like, God damn, he thick. I'm just saying. But the Hollywood Reporter read an article yesterday about John Boyega walking off set of a Netflix film. Some $25 million film. And apparently the... Director, producers, powers that be, Boyega didn't show up for something or another. And they went to his hotel room only to find it empty and learn that John had checked out. That's their version of the story. But now John's agent, quote, categorically denied this version of events. He said that John left the film for family reasons for which he does not need to explain to anyone. He also said that people are making up stories out of boredom. This did not happen. But I was like, something happened. Family issues, maybe. That's a common excuse when folks don't really want to tell you what's going on. But I was like, even this Hollywood version of like, he just packed up and left and we don't know why. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And if, again, we're going by this Hollywood version, which, again, the agent said did not happen. But let's just go with the version of events that was presented in this article. That he just packed up and left. Didn't say shit to nobody. Something happened. Something major happened to him. Because you don't just pack up your shit and roll out and not tell anybody over nothing. You just walked off a film which just is not done. It's career suicide. Something happened, again, to him. And I know it was to him because in this same article, Hollywood Reporter reached out to the director. Director had no comment. The reporter reached out to Netflix and Netflix was like, well, one, we're not suing. Even though, you know, he walked off this film, we had to close down production. We're going to lose all the money that we spent. Netflix is not suing him. Netflix went on to say They look forward to working with Boyega in the future. By sources, by Hollywood sources, quote and unquote, by their version of events, the man walked off set, you had to shut down a production on a $25 million film, you're not suing him and you look forward to working with him? What y'all do to that man? What y'all do to John Boyega? Something ain't right. Twitter went on a massive campaign and was like, look, we're not canceling John Boyega. Stop this shit. We stand with John there was a hashtag. I think the hashtag might have been We Stand With John. Like, you want us to cancel John Boyega? You're going to have to come with a little bit more than that. Even if everything in this article is true, he's gained goodwill with the people. Where if he needed to walk off set for whatever reasons he did, we're okay with that because we stand with John Boyega. I look forward to that story coming out. John Boyega has shown us in the past that he really doesn't hold his cut cards. So I fully expect a Twitter statement or an Instagram live, an interview with somebody. Airing this whole thing out to come shortly. I'll wait. I'm patient. Just give me a heads up so I can put my tea on. Because this is a triple pour. Piping hot. Something happened. Something happened. I can't even take a guess as to what it is. Hollywood can be absolutely batshit crazy. So, who knows? Who knows? We could have talked about this last week. I'm not going to go too far into it. Because this story is still developing. And I know it's going to be some crazy shit coming down the pipeline. And I don't want to talk about it 50 billion times. I'd rather just wait for it all to come out. Carmelo Anthony, his wife of how long have he and Lala been married? 12 years, 13 years. there has been more than 10. His wife, Lala Vasquez Anthony, she filed for divorce from him recently. I'll be honest. I thought they were already divorced. I remember a while ago there was a rumor. I don't know if it's ever been officially confirmed. That he'd had a child outside of the marriage. A small publicity tour. She never really commented on it. But she went on a small publicity tour. And I remember one of the events that she went to. She had rings on every finger. Except her ring finger. She intentionally left that one bare. And I was like that sends a message. But even after that. I remember they posted. She posted some picture booed up with him. And I was like okay. I guess they worked out whatever they worked out. Maybe the kid was or wasn't his. I don't know. I don't really follow them that closely. But this time, the divorce comes on the heels of rumors that he had fathered a set of twins with a woman who was living in Europe. That was his idea. He didn't want the press to be able to access, I guess, the birth records. So he had the woman move overseas and he put her up where she could give birth there. It is also alleged, and this is all rumors, but the woman who got pregnant was actually initially willing to terminate the pregnancy and she had scheduled an appointment to terminate the pregnancy in LA and Carmelo didn't show up which I was like bruh you got a woman outside your marriage pregnant she's willing to terminate and you didn't show up for the procedure seriously but that's alleged what happened and then eventually she moves overseas she has the children but allegedly I keep saying allegedly or apparently, because I just want to be clear that these are not confirmed stories. But she says that her son had some complications and he is in the hospital wherever she is in Europe. And Carmelo has not been to see about his child. And that pissed her off. And that's why she went to the press and was like, my kids deserve to be acknowledged and have their father as part of their life. And he's not doing that. I was like, I mean... He should absolutely. He should, but also, like, what did you expect from a married man? Lee Daniels also got sucked up into this story, which it's a very Lee Daniels type story. And I was like, how did Lee Daniels get in the middle of this? Apparently, Carmelo was also dealing in some capacity with Lee Daniels' niece. Lee Daniels posted pictures of his niece not so long ago, maybe a couple months ago. Beautiful, beautiful young woman, very curvaceous. But apparently, he was dealing with her, and so the headlines were like Lee Daniels' niece. As opposed to the woman's name. She can't even get a name. That Lee Daniels niece was involved in this somehow. And I was like, Lee Daniels got to be like, leave my name out this shit. I don't want no parts of this drama. Create dramas. I write dramas. Not trying to live one. He's too old to be involved in this shit. Which he's not. He just happens to be related to someone allegedly involved in shenanigans. After she filed for divorce, Vala always keeps it classy. I'll give her that. She wished Carmelo a happy Father's Day, and the two of them were also seen together at a basketball game for their son, which is the right thing to do. It's not the kid's fault. Whatever your marital woes are, y'all share a child, so that child should not become in the middle of it. But that's, that's a lot. Oh, Kim Kardashian was allegedly involved in this too, which whatever you might have to say about Kim Kardashian, I just wanted to give her credit here. This whole thing is happening behind the scenes before it breaks to the public. Apparently, Kim Kardashian hired an investigator to find out who this woman was and what the details were for her friend. Which, if true, that's a good friend. That's a good friend. That's, that's a ride-or-die friend. Like, you're going through some shit with your husband and your girl is like, you know what? I'm going to get you an investigator. We're going to get to the bottom of this. That's a good friend. Everybody needs that kind of friend. I'm not saying a whole Kim Kardashian friend. I'm saying a friend who will be like, oh, girl, we about to find out what the fuck is going on. I'm going to hire an investigator. It's a good friend. So that's that. That's the episode for this week. I know the essay we're supposed to discuss. I don't have the bandwidth right now. I'm like half awake. Bear with me. We'll get to it. I promise. It ain't going nowhere. That dog. Jesus. If you have not picked up your merch for Don't Waste Your Pretty... It is available on DemetriaLLucas.com. We've got the T's, we've got the V's, we've got the mugs. Please pick one up while they're still in stock. And yes, I'm still working on the Ratchet and Respectable merch. It's not going to happen until at least August. I'm telling you now because I can't be worried about shipping while I'm on this episodic Odyssey-esque tour in and out of the country over the next month or so. So we'll get to it. I promise. But just not right now. If you need some Ratchet and Respectable in your life between now and next week, you can follow me at Demetria L. Lucas on Instagram, Twitter, and again, on Facebook. I am unblocked for now. Who knows how long that's going to last? But you can follow me on all three at this time. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll speak again next week. Oh, this woman wrote in the other day, and she said at the end of my episode, she was like, you know, I always be like, okay, talk soon, bye. She told me she listens with her husband and her husband always makes a kissing noise back, which I thought was hilarious. That would drive me crazy if my husband did that shit. Like, why are you blowing kisses to this podcast? But I guess he's invested and she don't mind. So shout out to the husband. With respect to his wife. So we'll talk again soon. Okay. Bye. That's for the cheek. For the cheek. And <laughs> kissing nobody's husband. You ain't coming to cut my ass.